Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to the first installment of... Well, we have great luck sometimes in the audience helping us brand things. Uh, We'll get there. But this is an extension of HOA, which is a podcast that exists at Remap's foundation tier. Rob and I, for the past month or so, have been talking with one another about, well, the first episode was about, uh, like, the houses we live in, our relationship with those houses. Uh, The most recent episode was, like, several hours of anxiety over me finally purchasing a car, Rob buying a car on an auction site, me learning a lot about, Rob, we'll do this in the next HOA follow-up, but like what I have learned about the darkness of these surveys that happen after you like purchase a car has like made me feel even worse than I already do about what happened at the end of my car purchase. Um, But uh, in addition to these uh, conversations we've been happening over on the foundation tier, like we also do streams uh, in which we have looked for Rob's kitchen cabinets. Uh, we have uh, done all sorts of stuff uh, on on Twitch over at twitch.tv slash remap radio. Uh, and during one of those streams, uh, we happened to, I cannot for the life of me remember how we ended up here, but ended up on a YouTube channel of at Decker Christopher J, uh, in which we watched someone install their own DIY like heated driveway and then proceed to create a time lapse video in Buffalo, New York, of just majestically watching this snow go away. Um, and so I thought to myself, hey, a lot of these people put their email addresses in their YouTube channels. Like maybe there's a world where Rob and I can get on the phone with this person talk about their journey, talk about putting their own uh, a heated driver together and claiming with the audacity that any of us could do it. And actually, we managed to make that happen. Chris Decker, thank you for joining us uh, here at HOA. Absolutely. Glad to be here. You did. Uh, you, you mentioned when we chatted on the phone ahead of time that you particularly chuckled at the notion. Because I think Rob, our our podcast producer, Kato, and I all like had a like a hearty laugh at the notion that hey anybody could do this just follow these simple steps <laughs> yeah you know i wouldn't say though that i'm i'm definitely not a plumber by trade okay i'm in the uh i'm in the it world myself uh so i'm not in the hvac business i'm i don't install boilers for a living i don't do heated driveways or anything like that for a living obviously um up until building this system i'd never soldered a copper joint before I went on YouTube and learned how to do it. And, you know, I get a lot of compliments in my videos in the comments section on how clean and how, you know, oh, that looks better than any professional would have done. And that's probably because I just took my time and did it myself. And, you know, a plumber would have probably taken, I don't know, four or five days to go down there and build this whole thing. I mean, this took me months, but I was in no hurry. You know, I mean, I've got a shovel and had a snowblower and (laughs) hey, you know, like, so I also feel like we we've seen the work that plumbers do and they might have taken four or five days. But like 
most plumbers work as if, and it's a good assumption, their work is not going to be seen. Their work is not going to be something that people are going to come along and have sort of any sort of aesthetic relationship with. And so, like, when I look around at what I regard as like, okay, well, there's some bad plumbing work in my place and some good plumbing work. But in either case, it's kind of ugly. It tends to be a bit ungainly. The the fittings are, aren't particularly attractive. Uh, and, you know, they're all sort of thrown in there haphazard. And then, you know, your video, one of the things that leaped out at me is that it like that entire setup, as you were showing, like, you know, anyone can do this. Uh, it was like the plumbing equivalent of a really well-built custom PC with just like perfectly <laughs> managed cables right. that you're like, no, no, I, I, have, I have tried. That just doesn't happen. And I do have a little bit, I mean, I'll admit, I, I do have a little bit of OCD where, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy that will, if I don't like something or the way it looks, I won't just roll forward to get it done. I'll stop okay, we're going to undo those fittings and we're going to take that apart and we're going to redo it just because I don't like the way it turned out or I don't like the way it, it looks. You know, it might cost me a few extra dollars in packs or copper, but it's my time. And hey, you know, I'm the one that's got to look at this and I'm going to deal. But you're absolutely right, too. And, and I really, when I started this whole thing, there were a couple of channels on YouTube that I had kind of followed along Um one was like my garage build, I think was the name of it, where a guy out in New Hampshire was just building this detached garage and did these videos where he just set up the camera, was kind of talking to the camera and not like in a formal, you know, presentation, just had the camera in his hand as he was going and explained. And I, and I got a lot out of those videos and I thought to myself, you know, why don't I just set up the camera and let it roll and tell people what I'm doing, thinking that really... Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to watch this. <laughs> you know, like, and, and now, I mean, I think as of the other day, I'm at 8,400 subscribers and climbing. So, I mean, it's like there are people that are really interested in this this sort of stuff out there, you know? And so I'm glad I, I set the camera up as I was building it and did it. And I didn't hide anything. I mentioned that in some of my videos, too. You'll see where I turn a valve and you know, there's leaks and there's water shooting everywhere. And I mean, I could have edited all of that out and said, oh, yeah, no, that never happened. I didn't have any leaks. No, absolutely not, because I'm not a professional. And yeah, I had leaks. And, and yeah, this this wasn't perfect first time around, you know, but I stuck with it just like anybody else could and got it done. And I guess that's more what I meant. We're like, if I could do this, you could do this. You know, it's yeah. it's not rocket science to go pick up a torch and some solder and some copper at home depot and stick pieces together i mean if if you practice it enough anybody can solder joints you know i was always kind of afraid of it i had always done everything in pecs which was just much simpler and i debated on doing that with all of the bigger sizes but the copper's just so much nicer and more solid i mean that system will be down there a hundred years you know i mean the 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 tankless units won't last that long, but the copper won't. The copper will. It's not going anywhere, you know? So I don't know. I, I do feel I do feel anybody could, you know, I get what you guys are saying too, maybe not. Yeah. But in my mind, it's like I'm nobody special. I, I don't have a background in this, and I feel that anybody really could do it. Now, the design of it is a whole nother aspect, and I made videos on all of that because you do have to design, I mean, a lot of this comes down to the design. Like you can't just go out and throw a bunch of pipe into some concrete and expect that you're going to pump, you know, heated water or antifreeze through it and it's going to work. Like there's a whole manual that I followed that takes the math of this. Like, okay, what's your lowest temperature? What's your average wind speed blowing across that driveway? That determines the spacing of the pecs in the slab. That determines the temperature of the antifreeze that's going out and coming back. That's all taken into consideration when you go to, at least with a heated driveway or snow melting, that's all taken in when you go to do something like this. So, and I tried to make that clear too. And, I, and believe it or not, I've actually had people who have seen my videos and followed along and who have built their own and then sent me back pictures, emailed me pictures and videos <laughs> like, hey, thanks, Chris. Look at what I did. And they've made their own systems based off of something that I put on YouTube. You That's know, how amazing. cool is that? It's just, yeah. So, no, good, good, good times. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. What was the first video 
that you uploaded, does this all start with the heated driveway or does it begin with, uh, I don't know, something slightly more modest? Because I've seen you do, uh, I think one of your latest videos was about, you know, making like a, uh, like a, a planter, planter box. Look yeah. more like naturalistic, and but it, like the material is going to last forever, but it kind of looks like it blends into the wood. So, you know, obviously you have <laughs> stuff on a certain scale, but like where do you, where do you, where did you start with all this? So originally my, my idea with the channel was just for it to be a kind of a do it yourself channel. And I'll start bringing the camera along as I do these sort of, I'm doing projects like that all the time. Every weekend I'm working on something, whether it's trim work, red oak trim work, PVC planter boxes, you know, I've got solar panels on the roof now and a whole different set of videos I could do with that and monitoring all of my electrical circuits in the house. And I haven't put any of that up yet, but I would say that the channel primarily started with the driveway and it really started with melting. I, when I first fired it up, I took the GoPro and set it outside and clipped it up. And I just wanted to do a time-lapse of it melting for my own, you know, whatever I'm running around like a crazy person checking for leaks and making sure, you know, nothing's going to explode in my basement. And, uh, but I threw that video up there and it got some views, you know, like this wasn't anything crazy where it just took off, but I had never put up any of the videos of me building it or anything like that. I would say my first 20 videos, if you go back and look, were all just time-lapse. And I learned too, like my time-lapse videos used to be really long, like 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and I learned like, nobody's going to sit there and watch snow melt for 20 minutes. Like you've got to edit this, you've got to speed this up, you know, you've got to, and I learned that, you know, YouTube statistics will tell you everything you want to know, Add some, you know, you know this, ambient music, you know, you got to have right. the whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I learned all about copyright, you know, oh my gosh, you can't <laughs> use copywritten music. Like I didn't know any of this stuff, guys. You know, I just was a guy throwing videos up on YouTube, but uh, eventually I went back and uploaded all of the old video I had of me building it. And so I created the playlist. I put everything in order in the playlist. So if somebody wanted to start at the very beginning, even though they weren't uploaded in that order, they could they could go to that playlist, start at the very beginning with the design, and then go to, you know, walks you right through the manual, how to do the math, then go to the install and how to do this to boom, 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 all the way up to present day until you see it melting now, you know? So um, now as far as the channel, like... Obviously, winters, yeah, I'm going to keep putting up, heat, you know, snowmelt videos. Yeah, you're you're like, seem... your Super Bowl is on the horizon. You must be, lo right. you like load, load up the weather app and we're like, oh, oh, oh. Like, well, uh, snow's, snow's a coming, which means uh, subscribers are also a coming. <laughs> surprisingly, last winter, we got hit with, you know, what they call one of these 100-year storms. Buffalo got nailed with the blizzard. A and bunch I of was times, great. right? Uh, there was one in, in late November a lake effect storm that hit more south of me um, where I am in Buffalo. I'm more north of the city. I don't want to give away too much of exactly where yeah, I yeah, am, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but um, the lake effect bands typically hit the south towns like down, you know, Orchard Park where the Bills Stadium is that that area. I'm a little more north, but that blizzard hit me and my area head on. And that was the wildest thing I had ever been through in the 15, 16 years plus that I've lived here. And I created a video of it. That video went nuts for me, for my little channel. I mean, that video now I think has 750,000 views. And that was, that was where, to me, where it really woke me up to YouTube. Like, wow, you know, getting thousands of views a day and making hundreds of dollars a day on one video was like, there's some potential here. You know, that, that video <laughs> is still goes strong every day. So not that I want storms like that, you know, but yeah, I mean, people like to watch the snow melt off the driveway. So it's, it's cool. I actually had a subscriber reach out to me and this is where it's awesome. You know, like you guys reaching out to me, same sort of deal. I had a subscriber reach out to me who specializes in installing cameras for some larger organizations out there, Starbucks, Wells Fargo, you know, and he said, Hey, I noticed you're using a GoPro behind a window in your garage, which I was. And if you guys go back and watch that blizzard video sometime, you'll see the window kept getting covered in snow. And I was going out and cleaning it off and the garage is heated, but it just couldn't keep up with 
you know, the wind and everything. He recommended this specific IP camera that does awesome in low light conditions and it has a heated lens on it. I went out and <laughs> bought this thing, installed it, mounted it on the front of the garage. I even did videos on that. It's awesome and it's so easy for me now to create time lapses. I log in, I go to an IP address, log in, click a button. I don't need to go out and mount the GoPro anymore. And and at night it's just as bright as if it was day. The snow doesn't build up on the lens. So I'm actually looking into buying another one of those to mount somewhere else facing the driveway. It's like, you know, hey, they pay for themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm curious, did the had you been just been interested in doing like a heated driveway thing, or was it specifically like just the challenges of living in Buffalo and keeping house in Buffalo that that drove you toward this? So it kind of started back like 2010, we built a detached garage and I was on a forum. I think it's like garage journal forum or something like that. And one of the guys, somebody out there was saying radiant heat is just so comfortable. Now my house, you know, is built in the twenties. It's heated with a forced air. You know, we have a furnace, central air, normal, typical Northeastern home, right? Um, somebody had said something that kind of stuck with me and they said, if you're pouring concrete, put the tubing in it for radiant heat because you can never go back and add that right like you've got one shot at doing that even if you never use it and i thought to myself you know it's really pex is cheap um you know half inch pex with an oxygen barrier for radiant is not expensive so i i put it in the floor of my garage ran it into the basement and never used it for what 10 years um then as we renovated our house, we we totally redid our basement floor. I added radiant heat to that. Again, mm. added the tubing, but I didn't have boilers. I didn't have any sort of setup to, to actually use it, but I put the pecs in the slab. So then fast forward to 2019, we needed a new driveway. Our old asphalt driveway was falling apart. I told my wife, I'm going to put pecs in it. I'm going to heat it. And she's like, no, you're not. You know, we're not wealthy or anything by any means. It's like, you don't have a heated driveway. And I'm like, we're, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it myself. She thought I was absolutely crazy. Okay. That's that, you know, like in some ways that makes me feel better that there's another voice in the room similar to ours. being like, come on. Like, like what are you, what are yeah. you talking about here? That's that like whatever. It sounds like you're, you're very handy. You've probably done other projects. I've done a ton, yeah. But yep. noth nothing you've done had convinced her that you could pull this off, which is extremely funny. Yeah, I mean, and she, you know, she probably knew I could do it, but I think she, she kind of was like, you know, no, we're not. Come on, like we're not. We have there's a couple other in our neighborhood, you know, a few blocks away, but they're doctors or, you know, people with these really nice homes with like, okay, you know, a lot of money, and they they didn't lift a finger. Million they paid dollar houses grand. are the kinds of houses you got that have right. stuff like this. Not not. And people she was like more us. like, yeah, that's not us. You know, we're not going to have a heated driveway. You know, and I'm like, well, if we're pouring it, I'm putting the heat. I'm putting the tubes in, and we're going to do it. And I did, and but then it did. It sat for a couple of years, and finally I was like, you know what? It was right after COVID, basically, where we were all kind of stuck inside and at home and it's like i'm gonna start building this thing and i started laying it out and just nights and weekends and started putting it all together and now those two tankless units in the video they heat my garage with radiant and the slab and it is if you guys have never lived in or been in a house with radiant heated floors i have hanging resnor unit heaters in the garage and the radiant hands down is by far the best it is so comfortable in there you pull the cars in everything melts off of them you know when you open the, that big 8 by 16 overhead door all the heat doesn't rush out you can literally stand there with the overhead mm. door open on the, and, and feel warm because the slab underneath you is 65 degrees when it's four degrees out <laughs> you know it's 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 the most comfortable Patrick so, garage so that, season doesn't need to end no, yeah, I know. I, yeah, no, it doesn't. The, the closest I have to this is in in the car that we just bought. Um, the, uh, I didn't even realize it had this until I, you know, it's gotten a little chillier. Like, f like we we went from summer to fall, like awfully quick. Now we kind of skip fall. We went almost from summer to you know, like pre winter. We're like last weekend, 
Uh, it was 85 degrees. I put out the water stuff for the kids and the neighborhood kids one last time. I was like, it's like 86 degrees out. It is sweltering. Like, go run in this because it's going to change soon enough. And now it's like frost warnings in the morning. I'm starting to take things out of the yard. Anyway, we were in our the, – the car we just bought, this uh, uh, Chrysler uh, Pacifica, and I've never had a car with heated seats before. And so – we get in and we got the heat on. My wife's got a different temperature. Like everyone's, and I look at the little dash and like, what are these like little wavy lines? My wife's like, oh shit, I forgot. I think there's heated seats in here. And we press it. <laughs> and I, I've never felt my ass feel that way before. I gotta be honest. Like I'm, I can't remember the last time I sat in like truly heated seats. And the revelation of that was, I didn't know how I lived before. Well, like just caveman shit before realizing I could, my butt could feel this way when it's 35 degrees out. So right, uh, my for for a while there, uh, like some someone in our family was dating a very well off person who it like someone who had like refurbished brownstone money, uh, and they had a radiant system. The few times we went over there and visited them, and the thing that really struck me, and now I'm kind of obsessed with it too, because because some of the stuff you're talking about, Chris, uh, for me especially, like I've had like two surgeries on my left leg. Uh, so there's lots of little aches and pains and such. And mm-hmm. just the, like the heat radiating off the floor is like so much gentler and more comfortable than like having forced air heat blasting out of uh, vents. It doesn't dry out the room. Uh, right. And so it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, God, it feels like everyone should have this, but I am curious um, in terms of like energy efficiency, I'm curious mm-hmm. where you've like how how you evaluate that because uh, you know certainly when I look at the little energy uses tracker I've got uh, my <laughs> my nemesis is the water heater right because that's the thing where right. I can I can economize everywhere else like okay we'll turn off these lights we'll uh, we'll let the house run closer to whatever's the temperature outside we can do all these things and the water heater is just going to consume the largest share of my energy each day. That's just, sure. that's just baked in. Yep. So we, we had originally switched over to tankless back in, oh my gosh, 2007, like a year after we bought the house and tankless is nice, but it's got its, it's got its downfalls too, right? Like you, you know, if you have kids like I do, you know, your kids go to turn on the hot water. Well, with tankless, you know, that tankless unit has to sense the flow. It's got a fire. It's got to purge all that cold water out of the line before it get. My kids were done washing their hands before the hot water even got to the sink. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, Although that's going to happen with the hot water heater too, because like the pipes get cold. Right. So when I designed this system, uh, I upgraded the tankless units. Obviously, I put two of them in so that we could handle the BTU load of the radiant and the driveway and the domestic all at the same time if we needed to. And we have. I mean, there's been times I've pulled 350,000 BTUs for, from those two tankless units because the domestic hot water was calling, the radiant was calling, and the driveway was on. And, you know, but from a, a use standpoint, I installed, and, and again, it's in all my videos, uh, I put recirculation a recirculation loop in that pretty much keeps the water hot right up to what's called a mana block that I've got mounted in one of the walls. And it's basically like a breaker box for all of my hot and cold water lines. So every oh, wow. fixture has its own home run. And so you're not purging this big trunk line that runs down the whole house. When you turn on the kitchen hot water, it's one little half-inch PEX line that runs right down to this big distribution block, and there's hot water being provided right up to that block. And again, I, I could I could send you guys the links or whatever for the videos, but you can. So find it's like it. holding um, those lines at temperature. Yes, but because the mana block is plastic, they don't recommend you recirculating hot water through that. So right up to below it is where I do it. But still, uh, furthest fixture away from from my utility room is like my second floor uh, bathroom. You turn the hot water on and it's like three and a half seconds and it's hot. So I eliminated Can't imagine. all of that. And then with with... With smart home technology nowadays, you know, I've got everything like right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I could take out my phone and turn on the driveway if, right now, if I needed to, just with a smart switch. Um, same thing with the hot water heater. I have the hot water tank. So my system doesn't te- technically use a tank anymore. It's tankless, but I do have a buffer tank there. That's 
uses a pump. So when the tank drops below a certain temperature, a pump comes on, the tankless units see that pump as flow, right? And they recirculate the hot water through the tank and heat the tank back up. During the day, like right now, that's all off. So, and with the, these modern stainless steel tanks and the insulation, it, it barely loses five degrees over the day. So it's, you know, when, when we all come home yeah. from work and everything at four o'clock, it all kicks back on, takes three minutes to bring it back up and it's there. So now the driveway is a whole another animal in itself. I mean, there, there's absolutely nothing efficient or energy savings wise <laughs> or anything about melting snow right you're just i mean and all the crap i've taken for that on youtube from people too like especially over in europe i understand you know last winter natural gas prices were insanely high over there and people were struggling to heat their homes and you know so you can only imagine that the comments i was getting like oh you know these freaking look at these fat americans all you know heat we can't heat our houses over here and they're melting their driveways you know and it's like listen i i'm not in control of the world's politics you know i don't i don't mean to be this as any sort of a flex i just just showing you what i built you know like hey i thought this was cool i'll put it out there and but yeah some of the hate that's that's come my way over that but as far as efficiency when i first fired this thing up i want to say it was january or february of 2021 gas prices were not horrible. It was about 50 cents an hour to run it. So you figure, okay, you know, it's typically, you only run it until it's clear and dry and you have to let it dry. Cause if you turn it off before it's dry, all that wet snow that it's just, ice. <laughs> just turns to ice. Right. So, um, typical run times like six hours. Yeah. So you figure seven hours, eight hours, even for a good snow here. So you figure, okay, what, four bucks? I'll spend four bucks to not salt and lift a finger. And I turn it on, come out in the morning and it's clear and dry. Like and none of the but, maintenance time of a snowblower. Right. Now, last winter, obviously natural gas prices were significantly higher. Um, I don't know what they're going to be this winter, but last winter it was closer to like a dollar, a dollar 10 an hour to run. So now you're getting like, okay, you know, well, still, what's it cost for a plow service, right? Some people pay for the season, but then you're rolling the dice that it's going to be a snowy season. Otherwise, you're paying him to sit at home. One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar or you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals, but you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl, you might want to think about Magic Spoon. Uh, because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high protein, less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And look, you put peanut butter in anything, I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com slash remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code REMAP at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap and use the code REMAP to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. Hey, REMAP Radio listeners. Rob here. You know, the time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores making sure I had everything I needed right on budget to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget, and unfortunately my increasingly delicate stomach won't allow it. Fortunately for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. 
Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner. They have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's, right, that's code REMAP50 at factormeals.com slash REMAP50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash REMAP50 and use code REMAP50 to get 50% off. That's code REMAP50 at factormeals.com slash REMAP50 to get 50% off. Right. Well, like, and just I had a question about that too because I couldn't work out uh, in terms of the lifetime of the driveway. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, plow services are going to beat the hell out of your driveway. Absolutely. Uh, um, now, a snowblower might not because that is just a different way of plowing a driveway. It's a less of a brute force solution. But then the snowblower uh, will have its own issues. But I'm curious, like, do you think this is going to extend the life of the driveway because it's not having the uh, really abrasive salt uh, hitting it all the time and not being beat to hell with a with a, a plow blade, or does the temperature deltas that you start to have happening running the system? Are you seeing any weird things happen with like the 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 surface of the the pavement? No, not at all. Um, I think one thing that that really helped, at least in my case with the driveway, was because I heated it. I installed two inches of rigid foam board insulation underneath. The whole thing because you don't want that heat going down into the ground right you want to direct it up towards the surface well because right. i did that the frost depth can never get deep enough to heave so my old driveway there was a section in the back that was poured that we had poured in 2010 when we built the garage every winter that thing would lift an inch inch and a half yeah i mean as you know as you get deeper into january february here in buffalo frost line gets lower and then it got to the point where it wouldn't settle back completely in the spring. So I had problems where it was now pitched, where the water's running towards the house instead of away. Now, because it's all insulated underneath, the frost can never get deep enough to heave anything. And the fact that it's heated occasionally, like the ground underneath never gets that cold. So that right there alone, I believe, has saved just the up and down movement of the concrete in general quite a bit you know it it doesn't heave anymore like most concrete does in these northeastern climates just is what it is so um as far as the surface i thought and it's funny we're, we're talking about this today so i have noticed over the past couple of years what looks like almost like a micro cracking they call it on the very surface and i was starting to get worried like Oh crap, could that be from the constant heating and yeah. and you know cooling? Now what I read was microcracking typically occurs right after the pour and it almost looks like spider web in the concrete. It's not structural in any way, it's just cosmetic. But this past Monday and Tuesday I had a company come in just cuz I don't have the time to do it and completely pressure wash the driveway and reseal it and all of that cracking is gone. So that mm-hmm. tells me that it's been four years. I probably should have sealed it two years ago. Um, so, you know, and it would only show up when it would get wet. You'd spray it down with water and you'd start to see these quote unquote micro cracks show up now because it's sealed. You don't see any of that anymore. So I think it was more an issue of the sealer being gone and the concrete absorbing the moisture than it was anything to do with the heat. Um, I, I mean, most people ask me, I'll get comments all the time like, does this melt your tires like when you're parked on it? Because people don't realize, you know, it's only heating the surface of that concrete up to like 42 degrees. I mean, it's not hot to the touch. If you go out there and put the back of your hand on the slab, it doesn't feel warm, but it's above 32. So it melts snow. You know, could, it, you, could you crank it? Do you have the technology? Yeah, you could. And and I have <laughs> I have but like during the blizzard. So during the blizzard, um, I went out there. It had been on for like. Oh my gosh, I want to say like 10 hours, 12 hours. And I went out there and there were spots they had four foot drifts. Like, it's like, this just 
there's no way it's going to keep yeah, up. Yeah, this is not. Yeah. It wasn't designed. <laughs> you're, gonna, they, <laughs> you're just you're just pumping BTUs and money into this black hole that is Mother Nature out in the middle of, you know, it's like I just turned it off. But yeah. in that case, I had gone down and completely overridden it so that it wouldn't shut off because normally it's all thermostatically controlled. So it senses the temperature of the glycol coming back. And as that glycol drops below a certain temperature, it fires up the heaters to add more heat. Well, I have oh, so wait- it sort of knows like, hey, the snow is gone. Like, we've done our um, we've done our job. Not so much the snow. It knows that the temperature of the glycol coming back from the driveway has cooled off. So it needs to get mm. warmer. So I guess the best way to explain it is even though the driveway is quote unquote on the heaters aren't running the entire time. Right. They're only running when the driveway needs more heat. And there's a there's a certain delta there. There's a there's a window that as long as it's between I think I've right now I've got it set at like 64. So when the temperature coming back from the driveway drops below 64. Now this is the temperature of the antifreeze that's in the lines. Right? That's coming back. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. When that drops below 64, it fires the heaters and brings it back up to, I think, 81. I have to go down and look. I, I dialed it in. It took months to get it dialed in perfectly to where I wanted it. But you, you want it. You don't want to put too much heat out there because that's wasteful. You don't. It doesn't need to be 60 degrees. I mean, would it melt snow? Sure. But it'll also melt snow if it's 34. Right? Like, it's just got to be above freezing. So... And I will say most of the initial, you were asking too about energy efficiency, Rob, like most of the initial hit on energy is when it first fires up, you know, during right. the first two, two hours, you're bringing that slab from whatever the ambient temperature is. So say it's 20 degrees out. And I mentioned this in one of my other videos, you know, yes, it could be zero. Typically it doesn't snow here when it's zero degrees. I mean, it, there's an old saying like, oh, it could be too cold to snow. Yeah. You know, like it it all. And I'm not a meteorologist. I don't understand all the but typically when we get those really, really cold temperatures, sometimes in January, February, oh, it's negative five, negative 10. It's not snowing. That's because the sky is clear and you're losing all your heat at night, you know, and it's like it's not we don't get snow. Typically, when we get snow here, it's between 15 and 30. So at most, you're bringing that slab from 15 degrees up to 40. I mean, when you think about it, it's not a huge, you're not trying to raise the temperature of that driveway a hundred degrees. You're raising it 20. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not a huge lift. So the first two hours, yes, the heaters will run nonstop, but then once they get kind of evened out, it's like a car going down the highway, right? That the thing just sips gas and it's just maintaining, keeping this slab at this nice, even temperature. Uh, Just out of curiosity. Um, you know, so you put this system on a, on a natural gas system uh, just because, like, where, where you are, I imagine a lot of the utilities for, like, heating a house and, and heating water are running on on gas. That's how it was where I grew up. Uh, where I am now, there's, like, no gas lines uh, in okay. in my building, uh, so everything's electric. But I, but I'm curious with, like, the, the utility cost rates uh, changing, like, gas going up and such. Is there a crossover point where you start looking at maybe I need to get this thing off gas or is gas still so much cheaper uh, as a source for you than than electric? For me, yeah, and, and, and that's a good question, too, because I just put a 90, you know, 9,500 watt system uh, of solar on my roof and I haven't done any videos. I haven't released any videos. I'm editing them now on that. But absolutely, I've thought about electric. The problem is to heat using electric like that requires so much energy. I mean, yeah. and I've actually had a couple of companies reach out to me that wanted to give me electric tankless water heaters <laughs> just as like, hey, you know, if you use our, pro-, but like I'm looking at them and just for one, and I think the max it could do is maybe, see, they don't measure it in BTUs. They measure it all in kilowatts, right? Because it's right. electric, yeah. not gas. But like to get the equivalent, I'd need two or three of these things. And each of them needed three 40 amp double pull breakers per per tank with you know per unit and it's like just the power i mean i'd have to upgrade my i'd have to upgrade my 200 amp service coming to the house yeah probably to 400 amp just to get the power 
to heat the water that quickly, you know, um, that's so can it be done? Yes. I've also had people ask me like geothermal, you know, have I ever, have you ever looked into geothermal? And it's like, yeah, but the thing with geothermal is, and I'm not an expert in it, but you got to be able to, to have, you know, a hundred degrees going out with 30 degrees coming back for a two hour period while you're bringing that slab up to temperature. And I don't know that geothermal, if you're pumping, you know, usually geothermal, you're trying to keep your house at 70 or whatever, and you're sending back, you know, 65 and it's, it's heating, it's warming it up to 70 or 80. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that the earth has enough capacity to send back 32 degree glycol and get a hundred coming from it. I don't think it's that hot without going much, much deeper. So I haven't looked into it for me for right now. uh, Natural gas is, is the way, you know, and I'm really not looking to redo this system anytime soon. It works. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now I have, I have thought about pulling the domestic side off of this system and just getting one of those, um, uh, like heat pump water heaters. You were talking about water heaters because they are, they're pretty efficient. Um, and now with the solar panels, you know, those are electric, just 240. And I mean, I've, I've thought about it, but again, it's like, it's now I'm redoing things that I just built three years ago. And it's like, do I really want, do three, I really want to years dig into feels this? like it doesn't quite hit the, like, I want to read right. completely redo a project, Mark. <laughs> you measure that in yeah. five to 10 years usually. Exactly. Yeah. So now my thought is, okay, well maybe when something fails, you know, say one of these tankless units goes down or a pump fails or the tank, my little buffer tank I have fail. Okay. Well maybe at that point, maybe I'll look into starting to go over towards electric, but yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. That's the way everything's going, you know? I mean, yeah. everybody's getting away from natural gas, but I just don't think, I mean, right now, at least for us, natural gas is the only resource for me available that can pump out the type of demand for something like this right now, you know? They do make electric. Um, I think you guys you guys were looking at them in your video I watched there mm-hmm. where you found my system. They do make electric snow melt it's it's more a um resistance type yep. product yep. you know you put the the coil in and it heats up and those might be those might be something that some people could look into instead but again yeah, I, resistance is so inefficient is the is yeah. the problem like just inherently you're you're running the entire thing off waste energy um and and doing a long run with a res, with resistive setups like that it can be can be tough um, yeah. Whereas the water loop is, is great. And, and mine is broken down into there's 13 loops. So if something were to go horribly wrong out there, right? Like say something did shift and say I lost a line, uh, or, you know, somebody caught into it or something. I don't know why anybody would be cutting in my driveway, but something happened. A jealous neighbor. Right. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. <laughs> like you're on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like yep. you, yeah, you get the yeah. comments sometimes. You get a hater. Like, mm-hmm. You get a hater. Yeah. Um, but I can always shut down that loop and isolate that loop and the rest of the system will still function just fine. Where I'm pretty sure the electric ones are typically one continuous line. And if you get any sort of damage in it, that's it. You lose the whole thing. I mean, at this point, you're talking concrete. So it's not like you can easily... Yeah. Oh, I'll just replace it. Well, you know, yeah, you're taking the whole driveway out and repouring it, you know? So, yeah. But I've been real happy with mine so far. You've done a lot of customization work to your house. This system itself, I mean, you know, you were following some guides, but like, it sounds like over time, as you've been like, hey, this is my house, I'm going to further customize it to like my personal needs, my family's needs. What would happen? For some reason, wave. It sounds like you're gonna be in this house for a very long time, but you had to sell it. Like we got to get out of here for some reason. Like, c- can you just like hand over the keys to the kingdom of this to someone else, or is the level of customization you've done gonna like a real estate agent's gonna walk in and just like I don't have you looked at this system? Only this man understands this system. Like on some level, like as you go deeper into the customization of the house, um, how much are you making a house that makes? more more sense to you, Chris, than it would to someone else walking in and being like, oh, I see how this works and how they set this up. And like, if I walked into your house, if I could just pick up where you left off. 
Um, I mean, the average, the average homeowner, probably not. You know, I mean, you would go down there and you would know that, okay, well, this is providing the radiant heat and the domestic hot water, but how it works. Yeah, you're right. Your average person, your average real estate agent probably isn't going to know, but what I did isn't so far out of realm or out of spec that a good plumber or HVAC person that you would hire to come in to, to do any other, you know, you guys would hire a plumber to come in and put a tankless unit in or a, uh, you know, a new boiler for uh, a new hot water boiler for some a house that has baseboard hot water heat or radiators, you know, they could stand there and look at it and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what he did here. It's not, it's not anything so out in left field that it's just beyond like, oh my gosh, this is totally custom. Nobody could work on this. No, I mean, it's, I followed pretty good industry standards when it comes to design, pumps, zoning, you know, I spent a lot of time in forums, heating help forums, which is all full of professionals and got their advice when I built it. So I wouldn't say that it's like it would be a turnoff to to somebody. It might be complicated where your average homeowner is not going to know what it is, but a good plumbing or HVAC professional could come in and stand there and easily figure it out. And I, I had a neighbor that mentioned that to me once, like, oh, you know, you better not move. You need an instruction manual for that. And I told him, I said, yeah, I already built it. It's on YouTube. So just go to YouTube and watch the videos. And the, vi- the videos will walk you through exactly the whole thing, start to finish. Just like how export everything those works. to a DVD, include that in like, you know, the paperwork of like the HVAC servicing and stuff like that. And you're, you're right. good to go. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it is a little complicated, but it's. But then again, it's not, I didn't, I used all industry standard, you know, for zoning pumps. It's all, it's all something a good professional in the field could figure it out. It seems like it's, it's, it, you know, I could have that reaction because how often I'm not a particularly handy person myself. So the moment like any sort of under the hood work starts happening, I'm, you know, I, I don't understand what's ha- like, I don't have, I didn't grow up in that world. I don't have like a real sense of it. And I don't have a real natural inclination to like, I've like picked up small things in honing my house, but like I can tell what my limits are. And so, right. I, you know, the fact that you're running that kind of channel by its nature is then going to get a reaction from someone like me. That's like, I can't, I don't understand how people look at things like this and understand them. That's what professionals are for, but everyone's, you know, everyone is, is built differently. Do you see a, a, a through line between like, I know your day job is it work. Like, which itself is sort of like a under the hood sort of work. Like, is do, do you sort of see like a through line between your day job and also this hobbyist stuff that is just I want to understand how this stuff connects and that then naturally bled into stuff that you're doing at your own house? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I just I'm the type of person that likes I like to figure things out right? Like I like to take things apart. I like to know how stuff works. And that that's kind of, you know, in IT, you're doing that all the time. Um, you know, you're, you're figuring out, okay, what's wrong? Why isn't it working? What's down? What's up? What needs to be fixed? You know? And, and then in my personal life, you know, I, I love projects where I, something's broken and I can try to fix it. And not that there was anything wrong with shoveling or snow blowing, but, and there wasn't anything broken, but you see what I'm saying? Where it was almost like, hey, I'm doing this. I need a new driveway anyway. There's a problem. I could solve it with something cool like this, you know? And now I take out my phone and flip a switch. I get asked <laughs> a lot too. Um, there are automatic controls that I could have installed on this too. So that like you were saying, Rob, where the whole thing is, could be fully automatic. Um, I didn't do that yet. I did put the socket in out in the, the actual slab. So if I want to put the sensor in and make the whole thing hands off, it'll just come on and do its thing on its own. All of that is like 1200 bucks for all that automation. And to be honest, it's been working perfectly fine for me the past two years with me just doing it manually, either on my phone or in person, just go down and flip the switch and it turns it on. You know, and some people like, oh, don't forget to turn it off. You know, well, it's kind of impossible to forget to turn it off, right? I mean, you know, I know when it's on just because it's me. Now, again, like you're saying, though, if we sold the house and you could get a home, you know, a different person in there that wasn't quite as savvy with it, yeah, I could see you leaving it on. And but you, for, you Chris, I have the sort of ADHD where I would turn this thing on at Thanksgiving and then at Easter be like, oh shit. 
<laughs> no, because this, why, no. Why, why am I energy your, bills through the roof? Yeah, as soon as you got your first gas bill, you'd you it wouldn't take till Easter, Rob. You'd it'd take till Thanksgiving, and you'd be like, oh shit, I left it on because you'd have a you know six hundred seven hundred dollar gas bill. <laughs> so. So I, I am curious, um, you know, so this was something that you, you people had mentioned, like radiant heat. That's the it's such a it's such a treat. It's luxury. And that was on your uh, I don't know that I'd call it your white whale or anything like that. But it was something that was in the, the back of your mind that like, you know, you you like literally kind of laid the groundwork for doing something like that. I am curious, like, are there other house projects that are that are kind of similar swings where it's like this will be a pretty comprehensive rework of how we do stuff around the house, but also boy, I see a lot of upshot to it. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, I, I mean, I went, I did go nuts just with the radiant itself. Like as we, as we renovated rooms and I had access to the floors below, like as we were redoing our kitchen and it was gutted, I had access to the joists above. Right. So I installed radiant heat in my master bedroom all of our bat second floor bathrooms. I put radiant heat loops in my shower walls in my master bathroom. So <laughs> like ten, when you ten year project when you, is incredible. When you step in, you step into my master bathroom. Like you know how in the in the winter, you know, oh, you, know. you get in and the, the tiles cold. <laughs> and I I step in my shower and the walls are a nice sixty five degree. They're warm to the touch. So it's like I went a little bit above and beyond with that sort of stuff. You know, like <laughs> again. It's I'm not using it to heat my house because I have a forced air furnace, but I'm just using it to take the edge off the floors. Right. Like it's I, you step out of bed and put your feet on a warm floor every morning. <laughs> you're not you're not as depressed to go outside in Buffalo when it's 10 degrees out. You know, it's like, hey, this well, is OK. Everywhere, well, I don't know. Everywhere you step, Chris, is 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 something heated. Like it's, it's why your house yeah. at that point. <laughs> Like, oh, outside yeah. with those <laughs> Neanderthals <laughs> where it's cold on the on the ground. <laughs> no, it's so I mean, what else? I mean, our house is older, like our house is yeah. built in the 20s. And I was very meticulous with as we've gutted everything room by room. I replaced all of the trim work with red oak and custom built it all to match the original stuff that was on the first floor. Like there's there's projects like that that your average person probably would have just gone to Home Depot, picked up some baseboard, thrown you know nailed it in, and no, I'm out there making one by eight red oak baseboard, staining it, polyurethaneing it, getting it like you know. And this is again another reason why we'll never sell the house. I mean, there's so many little details and custom things that I've done that we have made it our own, and we love it. It's very arts and crafts, mission style, yeah. you know, and it's. I don't know. We've made it our own over the years, you know? So this solar project has been huge. I've done a lot with that as far as uh, I, I partnered up a little bit with Emporia. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of, have you ever oh, heard of Sense? we're very familiar with Emporia. Emporia is the, is the, 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 char the level two charger I got in my garage for my car. And then this is the source of, I did not realize when I bought, I just picked a like well-reviewed Char like they're all kind of sameish um, when you're just like charging one of these with these vehicles. So I just got that yeah. one because it was reasonably priced and had a good app. Um, and then realized when I put that in, I Rob saw a screenshot of the app that I was using for something else, and this was the origins of the curse that Rob was talking about earlier. Was realizing like how much the electric was running through his house and how inefficient his place was, and it, yeah, it, you can have too much information. This was too like yeah. Rob needed to delete this app from his that phone. Water heaters added it. again, Patrick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he probably was like advocating to his partner, like, we gotta take shorter showers. This shit has got to stop. And it's like, Rob, <laughs> you cannot legislate the shot. Like for kids, yes, kids can sit in the shower for an hour. That is they shouldn't do that. But like, don't tell your wife that like 15 minutes is the max. 17, the app sends me a push notification and we're done. <laughs> I don't know. It yeah. just, it makes me swoon every day when I see like all the gaming shit, the electronics, all that, like the most intensive oh, yeah. electric stuff. And then like, it's still, it still is not anywhere near <laughs> what the water heater does. It doesn't does matter. Every you day. can be inefficient on everything else because the water heater is still going to be the albatross of your, <laughs> of your home. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I did when we, when we installed the panels back in May, 
I called up Emporia and I, I've been, I really like those guys. I don't know what your experience is. If you've ever had to deal with them tech support wise, never or anything, dealt with the customers. They, I just use the app. Yeah. And I love their app. So I've got four or five of those Emporia views. I've got one mm-hmm. in my main panel, uh, one in the, you know, all my sub panels and then the actual solar combiner box has one in it too. And, and it's just sorry, like you, yeah, if yep. people don't realize like what we're talking about, it yeah, it is an app that breaks out like you can have it in your breaker box telling you yep. what the draw is for each circuit in your breaker box. You can also put it on outlets so you can isolate off a circuit what is this specific thing plugged into the socket doing. So if you really want to know like is that lamp is that lamp a problem? You can right. you can drill down to that level of of granularity. I don't want to uh, know how much the inflatable hot tub is costing me a month per month, Rob. I just pay that bill because if I knew, I would probably <laughs> start turning that inflatable hot tub off a little more often than I actually do. I don't need that information in my life. Just blend that right into the monthly bill and <laughs> you might be surprised too, though, because for years we always thought, you know, we have a full size stand up freezer in the basement. You know, people mm-hmm. have always said like, oh, geez, you know, it's costing you 25 bucks a month to have that freezer. Yeah, I see you shaking your head, Rob. It doesn't. It's not like nope. I think to have our full freezer in the basement, it's like five bucks a month. And it's like, OK, so with the electric with the solar panels, I'll pay five bucks a month. They have that freezer full of food down there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but you don't realize it until you install something like this and you see like, wait a minute, that's really not as bad as what I thought it would be. I mean, for years, I thought that freezer in my basement was costing me 15 20 bucks a month it doesn't my computer desk costs me the most you know with all the, <laughs> the, the all the crap running on that all the time is the biggest energy hog in the house so now i i do need to change my settings because i could i could do with fewer like every time like i would like to cook a meal my phone buzzes and emporia is like oh cooking again i see <laughs> preheating the oven i see Cross the threshold, my friend. Does it, Rob, every time that you stream and you're running two gaming PCs at the same time, or did you turn that off? Sh- sh- shut up, app. Don't don't tell me what what's going on in this in this dark place. You know what it is. I think I I left a few defaults in place. I think the um the oven is on a breaker box, uh, like em- Emporia, uh, like monitor, whereas the gaming stuff is all going off an outlet monitor, and ah. so when it when the circuit shows like high usage, I get, I get an alert. Uh, but yeah, Emporia seems to know that like that, like when that appliance kicks on uh, something, something's up. And that, that is one of those things where, you know, preserve like, yeah, per, like a well-insulated freezer, you know, it's, it's sort of like with the water, right? Like once you've hit the temperature, maintaining it is pretty easy right uh, that is not an energy intensive thing yep but like spinning up a big temperature change uh you know for something like an oven that's that's really energy intensive absolutely uh, and it and it kind of doesn't stop because the insulation can only be so good and then you're going to open that door yep it's just like the, i mean honestly i know we're all going to laugh it's just like the driveway the driveway is no different i mean you to bring that thing up to temperature it's it's very energy intensive but once it's up there to keep it at temp now granted if it's 10 degrees out and there's a 30 mile an hour wind blowing across it yeah yeah but you know same same premises it it, most people are like oh my gosh you know it's gonna cost you a fortune to run that thing well no i mean once it's up to temp you're just maintaining that keeping that thing 40 degrees so it can melt the snow and when it's melted you turn it off i mean it's just like your oven you know i mean once the stuff's cooked you shut it down so same 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 idea but so yeah, anyway, back to your question. I mean, as far as projects, I just I wouldn't say there's been anything. The driveway's been by far been my biggest I guess DIY sort yeah. of project that I've taken on and the one with the most results obviously because I put it on YouTube and everybody that drives by sees it when you've just had a fresh snow and the streets aren't even plowed. The sidewalks are all covered and there's this one house there's the guy's driveway's freaking dry to the touch like <laughs> You know, it's like, it's like, well, All those rich assholes <laughs> down the street. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's good. Fun project. Good times. Uh, so, well, I feel like yeah. that. Um, I feel like that brings us well and truly full circle. We've managed to talk about Rob cooking and then get back to the heated driveway again. Uh, Chris, 
This has been a delight. We couldn't have been happier to that when I when I was able to show Rob, I was like, hey, I emailed that guy and he got back to me. And he doesn't seem like a complete weirdo. Like, I think we're going to have a normal conversation. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> um, which, you know, hey, like, you know this from people commenting on your videos. I, oh, yeah. YouTube, PlaySite can be a shot in the dark sometimes. You're not sure. Yeah, and so, like, this has just been a really fun, insightful uh, conversation. Um, where would you point people towards to, like, track everything you've got going on uh, now and in the future? Pretty much just just my YouTube channel, which, like you said, I think now they're using those handles. So the it's just the app Decker Christopher J. Or, um, you know, I just have a little website I set up, just cdecker.com, which I've owned for years and never used. But with this, I, uh, I have a link there to the YouTube channel. And then I also, I would get asked a lot, you know, hey, what's that pump you're using? Or what's that switch? Or what's that valve? So I started a little Amazon Associates store with all the links to stuff that I that I use to build the whole thing. So uh, I have those two things on that, on that site, that cdecker.com and that'll take you to my YouTube channel and that'll take you to Amazon with most of the stuff I've used to build it. So, or anything in the future, you know, I put all sorts of stuff that I use there up on Amazon and I get a little kickback from every click, you know, so it's, it works, but yeah, that's probably it. And I, I've got a bunch of videos coming on the solar. And if you guys ever want to chat again, yeah, you guys were a lot of fun. I would come on and do this. When you first reached out, it was kind of like, this is the first time I've ever done anything like this too. And it was kind of like, <laughs> and gamers, like I was a little, wait a minute. These uh-huh. guys are kind of like gaming guys, but they want to talk to me about my drive. Like, wait a minute. What? Gamers like, got old, man. Chris, got old. If you're trying to say, hey, your careers appear to have taken a really strange arc. You're right. You're right, Chris. You're right. When I have to explain to people, I've given up explaining to people in my life. Oh, you're like a like a journalist, like or you know, like review games, like yeah, but also like interview people who like put in heating things. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Like it pays the bills. Like I bought a new car. Don't sweat it. Like everything's running fine. The the system is operating. I don't want to explain how how the money comes in. I just know that it does. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you reached out too, it was kind of like, okay, well, are these guys legit? Like, do they want to just, you know, shoot the shit about this or do they want to have me on? And then all of a sudden it's an ambush where it's like, how dare you put something like this in and and you're killing the planet one day at a time, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I'm not, I was about to sign up for that. You know what I mean? So no, you guys are great. I would come and do this with you guys again. Anytime. It was a lot of fun. Well, we might, um, uh, I, my roof is, I'm in the middle of trying to get trying and failing to get my insurance company to replace my roof and so that's about to come to a head the insurance company is doubly not going to go for a radiant heat roof patrick well is, no is but if thinking. i you know i i i am definitely interested in like if i'm going to do the roof maybe i would do solar panels at the same time as part of of that project so um, depending on where i end up with my uh insurance we might have to have you back on so you can walk me through uh, what you did to see what would make, what Rob, may make this sense uh, in the future. Rob, you'd love it, man. When you pull up that Emporia app and you see that your soul, you know, your house is using a thousand Watts and your panels are producing 8,600. So you're negative, you know, you're negative 7,600 back to the grid for hours of the day. It's like, it makes opening up that Emporia app fun to watch. Cause like you're a just presence. like, I, my, right, my, right. Na- <laughs> yeah. my, my neighbor, uh, uh, across the street, they've got solar panels. It's an older couple, and they're the uh, parents of another one of my neighbors that lives down the street. And his house, they both both have solar panels. But my neighbor down the street, he's got a you know big family, really big house. Like they use up a lot mm-hmm. of the juice from their solar panels. And I'll watch. Uh, yeah, my 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 neighbor comes and uses up the ener- extra energy credits that his that his parents have. So I'll notice his car charging in front of front of the driveway across the street from me. I'm like, oh, you're leeching off your parents' solar panels again. He's like, yes, <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> yes, I am. Chris, I'm just curious though. Um, yeah. I don't know what sort of yard space you got, but like with the solar panels, have you considered throwing down a big battery backup system so that the excess energy can can run you through the night? For me right now, yes, I've considered it like a power wall or some of the other systems. But for me right now in Western New York with National Grid, we're still full one-to-one net metering. So I get a credit for every kilowatt hour that I send back to the grid. Got it. Right? So there's no time of use billing here. Now, if I was in Southern California, absolutely. Because, you know, you could fill those batteries up during the day 
run off of them most into the evening, at least until the cheap time, two or three in the morning to where energy is cheaper. For me, all that that battery is basically going to do is act like a generator. You know what I mean? If the power goes out, it'll run the house for a short period of time until it dies and then you're done. But I get no benefit as far as the solar or the net metering go when it comes to that. So until they change that sort of stuff right now, I'm just going to stick with I mean, right. My last bill I checked, I've got like negative right. three thirty four hundred kilowatt hours for the year so far to get me through the winter. So, you know, and honestly, and a system like that might be preferable to people installing massive battery backup systems in their yard uh, across all the burbs. But who knows? Right. Yeah. So for me right now, and again, I, my plan is to do videos on all of that, too, and, and yeah. put those up on the channel. Um, but, yeah, I, if you guys ever want to chat solar, I'd be glad to uh to come back and do that it's a whole another animal to tackle where you're and it's the opposite instead of instead of burning and killing the planet by burning btus on my driveway i'm actually you know becoming more self-efficient by using the sun to power the house so i'm offsetting some of my horrible uh whatever you would call it that these people accuse me of uh you know luxury whatever fat american lazy whatever they want to call it for having a heated driveway so it's all good. Yeah, well, we will we will definitely uh, have you back around when I when I'm starting to look toward the skies, um, aka my roof, um, in the in the near future. But uh, Chris, uh, it's been a pleasure. We've really ha- enjoyed having you on, and to uh, everyone in the Remap audience, you know, we appreciate you listening. We need your support. The reason any of this exists is because y'all are subscribing over at Remap Radio. com. This is a kind of a new extension. Uh, a bunch of new things that are happening. Remap, including, I guess I'm, a, I guess like at this point in this recording, I'd be allowed to say like a website, right? Like in theory, I'll just like put it out there and there'll be a website up. Yeah. Um. Uh, and, and part of this is like, hey, on the foundation tier, you've got Rob and I talking about uh, like going on and on about buying houses, you know, like buying cars or not buying houses or not buying cars as, as the case may be. Yeah, I think mostly our show is not, not, buy, about, not like, buying not things buying like, houses, like, and not being able to buy uh-huh, houses. Uh-huh. But like this is sort of meant to be a compliment to that and the streaming and like this is something that goes out to the entire audience. And so if you if you like conversations like this, if you want us to get even more nitty gritty and have a lot more ignorance involved, um, then you can mm-hmm. go subscribe at the foundation tier uh, at Remap Radio dot com uh our thanks uh to two mellow for the track moments pause uh you can follow uh more of two mellow's work at two makes.bandcamp.com and like i said you can support everything we do over at remapradio.com thanks for listening <laughs>